Yo, and welcome back to another episode of Who Knows. This week, we have a very special guest. Musical artist Morgan is in the studio. Full name is Morgan Yambrovich. I hope I didn't screw that up, Morgan. I'm sorry. Yell at me if I did again, because I already did on the actual episode. But yes, Morgan's on the podcast this week. We talked about her music career. We talked about her travel experiences. We talked about how she went about finding her creative fire again. Oh my gosh. You guys are in for a treat this week. So, oh, also got to mention the first 10 minutes of the podcast, the audio might suck because of course, with an interview as good as this one was, we needed to run into some sort of technical difficulties to try and ruin it. But since we're so smart, we have the backup camera audio, which isn't as good. I did my best. If you hate it, just skip it. Don't skip the whole interview because of it. <laughs> Please stay around. Um, but yeah, we're going to get right into the episode. We're going to start this episode in a kind of a special way. We're going to play a little bit of Morgan's new single, Turning, to start the episode. Um, without further ado, let's get right in the episode. Like, do they also 
Not, they don't practice music, but they like music. But they like appreciate yeah. music. As much as any yeah. other thing, yeah. not particularly musical. Okay. Well, I grew up in a pretty musical family. My mom always sang, she sang at her own wedding. Um, we always had music playing in the car. I started acting and being in musicals when I was seven or oh, so, okay. I want to say. And I did that until about 14. And then throughout that, I was just singing my little heart out, dancing, acting, and when I was super little, like eight, I guess that's not super little, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, just, little that's just normal little, um, I wrote my first song, and it was this full, it was like a full song with like three choruses, two wow. verses, and a bridge, How did, I'm trying to remember, how, it was like, for your safety, down from some far land in your hand. And that was like, <laughs> I wrote a full song. And you were eight. Yeah, when I was eight. And I like sang it on stage at acting camp. And then I had a little songbook. I had a little songbook and I used to write little ditties all the time. And then um, just so kind of. You're just like, are you just always have a mount like. What is it? You come up with a melody, and then you're like, oh, I like that. Or, like, how, yeah. how does that... Yeah, it, like, usually happens in the shower, especially when I was little. Uh, okay. Because that's, like, when my brain has time to just be. Um, sure. I would come up with melodies. I would come up with songs. Um, the lyrics. I don't know which comes first. Some It depends. Like, the chicken or the egg. Right. The melody or the lyric. But when I was little, I just really wanted to... I wanted to, like, be a pop star, and so... I just started writing a whole bunch of songs, and most of them have been lost or I've forgotten. Sure. But that one song, that one song that was a full song, I still remember it. Wow. Um, yeah. And that was the first one. That was the first one. That was when I was the eight. That was one. the yeah. That was the genesis. And then, and then throughout life, I I stopped acting when I got to high school. I used to do chorus every day in middle school, like in the morning. Because I was in an extracurricular course, and then I had a course during school. Oh, wow. So I did course twice a day all throughout middle school. And then I got to high school, and I joined the dance team, and I just didn't have time. I didn't have time for course. I didn't have time to do any more acting. Because of dance. Because of dance. Oh, okay. And I stopped all of that, which was fine, because dance has always been one of my like true loves. Sure. And I was okay giving up singing and acting for it. Then when I was... I think I was 15, I got into a pretty bad accident on my bike, and I hurt my foot, and I uh, got arthritis in, no way. yeah, in my, which one is Because that? of the my injury, you developed yeah, arthritis? Yes, the doctors described my foot as a meat pie, but ah. my, my cartilage is just, can I swear? Yeah. My cartilage is fucked. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so then, what, after what kind that, of accident? What, it was I was riding home. No, details, I was riding but... home from a party, and so I was like, "Oh yeah, it was a party." Uh, sure. And uh, actually, before that, I had gotten into. Well, we're going right back. <laughs> before that, I had gotten into another bike accident where I got hit by a car on a bike, and I broke my tailbone right before entering high school. Uh, and so I hadn't ridden a bike in a year and a half. But that night, I was like. I should ride a bike e, home from this party. Sure. And then trying to just, make the smart decision. Yeah, it was just the worst. It was just the worst idea oh, ever. No. And I tried to get off the curb at an angle, and you're supposed to do it perpendicular, you know? Sure, sure. So you don't fall. Yes. And I fell, and I don't even know what happened. It was all like kind of like a blur as accidents usually go, but my foot got like caught in the bike or twisted or something. 
Yeah. Icky. Yikes, yeah. And the cartilage just destroyed. And Me- meat pie. Meat pie, okay. yeah. Meat pie, arthritis foot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, though I had quit all those fun things that I love to do in lieu of dance, I now couldn't dance. And I still really can't. I can't run. Wow. I can't jump. Did you do like physical therapy? Was that a whole? Yes. Yeah. Um, oh I was, my god! Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I actually should have gotten surgery for it, but that didn't happen because we waited too long. Anyway, so now everything's gone. Sure. And I'm at kind of a low point in high school. And this is what? What? At what point in high this school? This was junior year. Okay. Yeah. So devoid of all of that, like I said. Uh, before we started recording, I kind of deleted all the creativity yeah, out of my life, right. you know? And though it, w- it wasn't purposeful, it kind of all happened just the way life does. Um, and so from basically then until last year, I did not have much in the way of creativity in my life. Sure. Which, as we talked about, like, I started acting and singing when I was like seven or six. Sure. You were always a creative kid. Yeah, exactly. That had been my whole life. That's all it was. And that's all I ever wanted to do. And now everything was gone. And wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then we're getting into college and it's time to choose a major. And I decided to go with the responsible choice, you know, the like, yeah, responsible quote unquote choice. Um, just kind of the the typical business route that a lot of people take. Sure. Um, well, where like where do you was that just strictly a oh I should grow up and do this and not art or was that like were you were you somewhat interested or was it I I well in my life I wanted to be a bazillion different things at different times I wanted to be a forensic pathologist nice. which works on like. Corpses. <laughs> sure. I wanted. I thought about culinary school because I love cooking. I, I, I knew I loved art, and but I hadn't done it in a couple of years. Like I said, because sure. I just kind of stopped all that, and so I really didn't know what the fuck I wanted to do. And when I thought back to young me and what I was good at and what I thought I had a natural knack for, it was business, because. I've always had kind of this entrepreneurial spirit, which I'm sure you've yes. talked about. Uh, yeah, I was you know? a lemonade stand. Yes, for sure. You're just born with it, yeah. you know. So I always had that. I was always negotiating with my parents. I was just kind of like a natural little businesswoman. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, well, that's what I'm good at. That's what I'll go into. And it wasn't just that. I wanted to do, I wanted to do other things. So I chose international business, which is two majors. It's international studies and business, and I also did like a minor in French. Um, so it wasn't just business. However, when I got into that major, I discovered it was a lot more business classes than yes. international classes. Oh, okay. Like the way the double major is formed, it's heavier on the business school aspect. Sure. Like they kind of deleted some of the international classes. And those are like language classes and stuff those like are that? Language classes, cultural anthropology classes, political science classes, like, generally, at least to me, interesting shit. Yeah, right. And since the business coursework is a little bit heavier, some of those, there, there's just not as much of that sure. incorporated into the double okay. major. Wow. Yeah. And so, I, I'll never, I was talking to my buddy, he studied abroad in Japan, 
and it was like at the end of his college career, and he, like you're talking about cultural cultural anthropology, yeah. and he was just talking about like bowing and stuff, and like mm-hmm. how all that stuff, like especially in a business sense, is yeah. very important. Yeah. So that's yeah, that seems like. Yeah. You're tweaking by not including that I know, stuff. I know. And some of it is still included. It's just, I think the business coursework, there was more of. Okay. And um, it took me a while. It took me four years. But eventually I figured out, you know what? I don't, I don't think I'm as good at this as I thought I was. Okay. Because, I mean, if you have that natural entrepreneurial knack, if you have a natural business sense, I believe through four years of business school, I don't think that's something that can be taught. I agree. You know, if it like if you have that talent, you have it. And it's not going to be taught through calculus. Sure. And accounting one and two. Right. And financial real estate. You know, even sure. though if you if you do want to do those things, you need those classes, obviously. Yeah. But I think I was just there under false pretenses, you know, um, my parents were, my, we struggled with money throughout my life and they weren't as financially stable as I kind of maybe had wished throughout my childhood. So I was like, get a business degree, yeah. be smart, learn about money, all those things. Buy my parents a house one day. Type yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Been there. Exactly. Um, which is all good and dandy until you wind up four years into a degree ridiculously unhappy, you know? Sure. And, yeah. Do you think, was it like an age thing? Was it like a maturity thing? Because I went through the same thing. I, I like, <clears throat> I, my parents, I wanted to go away to school, and they told me because, <laughs> because of how poorly I had performed in high school that they weren't going to go sign on my school loans. Mm. So that was like a, wow, that sucks yeah. type situation. So I started going to Moraine Valley, and that was when I was like, oh, okay. So thank God I didn't pay a bunch of money for school because I'm quitting this. This <laughs> sucks. Yeah. And that's kind of how I feel about school now. I would quit if I have if I have one semester left. Yeah. And I'm just I'm really bad at quitting things historically. Last year I wound up with four or five jobs. Really? Yes. That's that's part. That's <laughs> that's all part of the story yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's like woven into the song itself but um yeah I'm really bad at quitting things so I won't I just gotta get this last semester done and then I'm done um but yeah so then that winds us up at last year when like I said I had found myself with four ish jobs you know give or take a couple sure and um 18 credit hours and um, trying to have a little bit of a life, it wasn't possible. Um, I was just in kind of a bad place. I was in a major I wasn't good at. School made me feel dumb because I was in the wrong classes. Oh, okay. Um, and I know I'm not dumb. I'm not the smartest person in the world, but I'm not dumb. But when you learning, when you're learning the wrong thing, it's very easy to f- like mentally fall into that trap of. Since I'm not doing well in calculus right. compared to my classmates who are probably meant to be there more yep. than me, um, it's really easy to like mentally just convince yourself that you're dumb. Definitely. So I'm overworked. I have no, it feels like I'm choking and I have no 
room to breathe because I'm just so busy. I'm burnt out. I'm having breakdowns every week. Um, because of school. Because of school and because of how many how involved I got. Okay. Um, because of my jobs. I had one of my jobs was an unpaid internship and I was in a position I shouldn't have been in. It was stressing me the fuck out for just an unpaid internship. And I love that company and I'm still with them, but it was just dark times. Yeah. Um, on top of everything else, um, I had kind of convinced myself that when I'm home, like summer break, winter break, Thanksgiving break, that's when I can be happy. Oh, okay. And when oh, I'm at wow. S- yeah. Oh, it, oh I know, I know. It's so it's <laughs> yeah, so backwards. Yeah. But I, I get it. Yeah. Because well, when you're committed to something, you'll do anything mentally to get through it. Yeah. And I was so busy. I felt like there was no time for me and there was no time to be happy, which is so, like I said, fucked. It's so backwards. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, no, 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 Morgan, you are at school more than you're at home. You're at school eight months out of the year. Right. If you like relegate yourself to only being happy for four months out of the year, that's that's a miserable way to be yeah that's most of your life exactly for the next couple of years yeah and so the way I kind of rediscovered or got back into creative things which I realized I needed in my life to be happy um though that internship was stressing me the fuck out it was with a creative marketing agency perfect and (laughs) exactly yeah and so through that I met a lot of amazing freaking people we were we were all really stressed and kind of overworked during that semester, but I was surrounded by some of the most inspirational people I had ever met. Um, and through meeting those people and through knowing that they were doing like creative marketing degrees, sure. I was like, wow, I don't have to just be like be boop bop, left brain, yeah. business, finance. Like there's a right. way you can be businessy and still incorporate the creative. I yep. met graphic designers and I got to learn what they got to do. I met, that's how I got more into videography because I met um, the videographer for the Chiefs who is now like one of my best friends. Wow. Yeah, and he was also the videographer for Mizzou football. But he like, he taught me Premiere Pro. And I started to get back into all this stuff and I started to feel a little bit more fulfilled. And so just on a whim... I I was like, I want to, like, I really used to like songwriting. It was really cathartic for me. I was a little bitty baby, but I really enjoyed it. And I had always wanted to make music. Middle school, I always wanted to produce music. Like, I wanted to be, like, Skrillex, which that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's not, not so much anymore. I still want to produce music, just not dubstep. Sure. But um, so I had that had always been in the back of my mind. Like I said, when I was little, I kind of wanted to be a pop star. And so one day while I'm sitting at the marketing company's like table in our office, I just announced to the group, I'm like, I really want to make a song. And this one girl's like, well, my friend's a producer. Do you want me to like hook you up with him? And I was like, yeah. And so um, that's how Turning came to be. It was a kind of a quiet guy I had never met, but I was like, hey, I want to make a song. Do you? And he was like, sure. So he sent me a demo and it sounded completely different from what you hear in the song sure. now it was literally a different song but 
I remember walking to one of my jobs because like the only time I had for myself was like on the way to different things. So I'm listening to the demo in my earphones. I'm walking down the main street in my college town and I'm just trying out different melodies in my head until I finally landed on that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh Uh-huh. And that was how it all started. And it took a really long time. Yeah. You said it took a year to make this. Well, was that just being creatively indecisive or was that? And I'm not saying obviously it's a process for everybody. I would I want to be clear. I'm not judging anybody's like it took me a year to start a podcast. Yeah. So. Um, I think, it, well, it had to do with like being busy, you know, like schedules, sure. especially in college, like when you have a ton of shit to do, schedules are so hard to line up. Um, it also came down to like summer break and tons of stuff. Cause that was the spring of my junior year. When I wrote the song, I sent it to him and basically the lyrics are like, if you listen to it, they're all different like fragmented sentencing yeah. sentences like yes. how am I getting home where my head's gone turning into nerves there's nothing wrong like it's all because that's how I felt sure I was so burnt out I was just scatterbrained and all over the place and that's how the lyrics are they're just kind of that year encapsulated wow um yeah like they sound kind of stupid when you're like say cool say new old get food Très mood, but like sure, I was I was getting food, right? Yeah, I was very mood, you know. Sure. Um, so then, so then summer break happened, and we didn't get to work on it because he lives in. I'm a bad friend for it's Dallas or Houston, one of those Texas towns. Shout out both of them. Yeah, shout shout out both of them, (laughs) and shout out. Well, I should mention him. His name is Ryan. What was that sentence? I'm gonna start over. I should mention him. His name is Ryan Groom. And he is absolutely an amazing engineer. I don't think I realized it until we were like deep into the song, how good he was at what he does. Um, We recorded at the basement of the student center, which is um, in the KCOU headquarters, which is the school um, like radio station. Okay. And I didn't know this at the time, but he's the head engineer there of the radio station. And what school is this, if you don't mind me This asking? is University of Missouri. Missouri. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Surprising amount of cool, creative people in the middle of Missouri yeah. in Columbia. And I've met some of them. I've had the good graces of meeting some of them this year. And yeah, you wouldn't think so. Yeah, right. You know, at a state school in Columbia, Missouri. But sure. There's some really great people there. He was the head engineer there. So because of that, and because I was just lucky enough to know somebody who knew him I got free studio time because they have a full recording studio and since he was the head engineer I got free studio time with him um which was pretty lucky and I didn't even know any of this when I just first texted him sure you know you were just starting the process yeah Yeah. I didn't know he like had access to a free studio wow which was really cool um that's insane so shit just happens like that yeah you know for real so when you were saying like about how you were you you blocked yourself off creatively mm-hmm. when did you realize that it was like the creativity that you're missing or have you re- like yeah i think well so bef- the year before i joined that creative marketing agency i was in france for six months and Very just interesting yeah big fan of yeah france. 
Even though Hell I'm never yeah. been there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like ratatouille. Ratatouille. <laughs> Um, <laughs> les des yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that, <laughs> that TikTok sound. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and though, so I was at a business school in France, and though it was a business school, all the people there had like, because it was people from all over. It wasn't there were like barely any French people there. I was one of two Americans, which I think Wait, is barely any French people at the school. Yeah. And like in our program, like for some reason, which it made me so mad because I went there and I thought I was going to have like my school all in French. Sure. And it was all in English with no French students except for two. Yeah. So could do. I just translated that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) All our French listeners. (laughs) But yeah, for some stupid reason, it was a terrible school, to be honest. They were so disorganized. And it was just it was I mean, it was kind of fun. It was a fun shit show. To attend for six Love months that. um six months yeah so where do you do you live at the school or do you have like an apartment no or? the school it's not like uh, when you think of like american college it's not a campus or anything imagine a kind of like depressing white 60 style office building as you can see around he- sure, us in the yep. south side of chicago imagine that and it, there's a school in it and then there's like a front yard where all the Europeans smoke a lot of cigarettes, <laughs> and then I lived like I lived like ten minutes away, like okay down the. It was like a ten. And minute was it walk. like every day you went to school? Dude, they changed our schedule every week. Really? I had, <laughs> yeah, I told you it was a shit show. They changed our schedule every week. Some days I wouldn't have school. Some weeks I wouldn't have school. Three out of the five days, and then some weeks I would have like so much school yeah. for five days. Oh, yeah. And I don't think that's how every single school was. They were just exceptionally unorganized, which is which was fine. But I met some really cool people. And like I said, I was one of two Americans, which I think a lot of Americans who do a study abroad, they often go with a program or they go with their school and they're surrounded by a lot of Americans. And that's just not at all what I wanted. Right. I was very pissed off at the country at that point. At and America? I was, yes. <laughs> I was very ready to leave. It was like just post-election and i was like uh, get me the fuck out of yeah, here yeah you're not the only one i don't think. yeah <laughs> um but there were people from all over i had people in my class from russia china france canada that's like, so cool yeah spain tons of south american countries like every australia every country you could imagine basically was there which was it, amazing yeah it's like and the I'm, united nations exactly and i'm like even though i wanted my coursework to all be in french and stuff english is the like international lingua franca which means like uniting language oh okay. yeah and so no shit it had to be in english and but through that i met amazing freaking people yeah though they were business students they all had like style sure and, like swag of course and they we're doing like the people who attend an international school knowing no one and not having anyone else from their country those are like the cool people you want to meet yeah right and so the mission yeah exactly and though none of that was creative i think it kind of taught me like there there's way more than just the true last business school at the university of missouri right like there's way more out there for me um, so then 
I saw that application for the uh, creative marketing agency while I was in France. And I had already started like kind of making videos like while oh, I was okay. in France. Oh, except like I, travel videos? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was editing them on iMovie though. I was filming them on my GoPro. They weren't great, but like I had always loved videography and yep. like film and content like that. And so I applied to this creative agency and I was like, I can make videos for them, blah, blah, blah. Like I'll meet all these creative people. And though I've lost the question you asked me a while ago, <laughs> that's how I kind of realized I needed more creativity in my life. Okay. Because I realized there was this void. Sure. And I think I found that, I think I identified that void in France. And then it was a slow climb for the next two years to get to where I am now. And now it is a priority, obviously. Oh, yeah. It is a necessity. Yeah. It's like, this sounds so cheesy, but it's like breathing. Yeah. Because like I said, my junior year, I literally felt like I couldn't breathe. And, and though that had a lot to do with how busy I was, I think it had to do with the fact that I was devoid of that essential aspect in my life. <laughs> was it... What as what aspect was it like saying something for me personally? I'll talk from a personal standpoint for a sec. Like, uh, for my whole life, up until junior senior year of high school, I was very like uh, background kid. Um, like I, I always tried to play sports, sucked at sports. Was always in school, sucked at school. You know, just like. I was never I never had like a thing. Yeah. And I will never forget. I was talking to my buddy Bars and my buddy Jimmy and I was like crying because these dudes, my buddy Jimmy was like a musician. He like started a band and Jake has always had his comedy and that's been like they're like they've always kind of had that. And yeah. they always kind of knew and they always like and I'll never forget. I was like, dude, I don't like have a thing like I, I and I was I don't have a thing. <laughs> and like, they were like, dude, calm down. It happens. Like, you can make a thing if you want. Yeah. And so it. It was once I started doing the podcasting and like working on film sets and stuff that I was like, oh, what I really wanted was to just have a voice. And that was the most important thing for me creatively. Was was it the same for you or was it a little different? In a, in a way, I guess it's a matter of semantics because your voice is your outlet. Sure. For me, I just needed an outlet. Okay. I have a lot of, I guess I have a lot of things to say, but I have a lot of things to express. I have a lot of energy. And, like, my outlet throughout my whole life, though, like, acting and singing was important to me, dancing was always, like, how I would get out emotions. It's, like, it's like working out. You know, people sure. consider working out as therapy. Sometimes that's how dancing is, except it's more expressive. It's more emotional. You can feel it when you see it. Okay. You can feel yeah. it when you do it. Definitely. Um, and... <sighs> I just always use stuff like that as an outlet like that. W I was most myself when I was acting, singing or dancing, doing stuff like that. Um, and so I did. I no longer had that outlet. And like I said, those things made me myself. And I, I just didn't feel like myself anymore. Um, yeah. You I, know, I've been there. Definitely. Yeah. I want to learn about France a little bit. Okay. I want you to just kind of go on France. Like, what was your favorite part of when you were in France? Like, I, I'm just so curious about, like, the differences. Like, yeah. everyone's like, oh, it's oh, so good. Like, I could talk about this. I've never been out of the nauseam. country. So okay. I could talk about nauseate this. Nauseate me. <laughs> um, well, 
the most the okay so like I said I was very mad at the country when I left and I was like pissed off obviously at the election I was pissed off at the people here I was pissed off at the customs um and then I got there and through learning about there were in one of our classes we had to do a project where we talked about our country and um everyone some people talked about like this Russian girl talked about um the what's it called give me a moment or oh the Russian Orthodox Church oh she talked about like that aspect of her country and there was this like band called Pussy Riot that like went into an Orthodox Church and like performed and she talked about her opinions on that and then I gave a presentation on religiosity in politics in the U.S. and what is religiosity religiosity is like the how religiousness is very like though we say like it's supposed to be like separated from church and state religiosity is like when religion is fused into politics which i had just learned about in a poli sci class the semester before so i was feeling very sure educated um and i i (laughs) i didn't even think that i would get the reaction i did i said the pledge of allegiance um just because of the part that says one nation under god to like relate it to the religiousness and the people didn't find that the problem the people found the problem that i could recite by memory a pledge that we had to say to the flag like other co- no way other countries don't do that that's it is kind of some cult shit yes for sure yes <laughs> and i had never thought of it like that before until my classmates were like whoa yeah they they were like that's some like north korea shit and i was like oh my god right. <laughs> It kind of, it it kind of is. And it got me thinking like teachers, I'm sure some of them are like very smart and have like their own ideas. Like do teachers ever feel like kind of weird about making like young kids like just pledge to, yeah, indoctrinating them to pledge to the flag. And my Australian friend brought that up to me and I was like, holy shit. So that was one of my first epiphanies sure you know like okay maybe this isn't as perfect as yeah yeah but then so the whole time I just I was kind of on a quest to find out why America was the way it was and how other countries were and long story short I basically learned like nowhere is perfect and it made me appreciate America a lot more even though I like yeah yeah (laughs) no for sure um it wasn't a lesson I was expecting to learn but when I learned about like this British girl gave a presentation and she put on the screen a little like political cartoon of a British man like you know how political cartoons are they're like soaked with satire and they you kind of have to look at them to understand but it was basically a British guy holding the flag and like trying to jump out the plane and the plain guy was like hey sir you need a parachute and he was like no the flag's fine for me it'll hold me up and when I saw that I was like that is the exact same like attitude and sentiment that exists in America yeah and I was like oh well I know where it came from now oh okay it came from England sure you know yeah and I just realized that a lot of the things that I was mad about in America existed elsewhere to differing degrees 
like I experienced not me personally, but I saw a lot of racism in France. Really? Yes. For sure. Especially like xenophobia and like anti-Muslim sentiment. Yeah. It is. Okay. Especially the south of France, since it's closest to Africa. It is rife with that shit. And I just, it made me a little bit more forgiving of this country because I realized no matter where I go, I could try to escape I could try to escape to every country in the world right. and I'm sure no matter what I'm going to find problems there that everyone has to live with and um as long as like the people are working towards changing those problems that's a good thing but like nowhere is perfect right you know so you agree with the sentiment that the grass is always greener on the other side Ex- yes that's exactly what I yeah. experienced See, that's that's my problem is I've never seen the other side. So, yeah, I, I need to get out of the country. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. Not right now. No. Corona. Not right now. Yeah. Not immediately. Yeah. But I didn't talk that much about France. You wanted me to talk about. Yeah. France. No. OK. Well, so go, go off. I just kind of wine. Good. <laughs> Frick. Yeah. <laughs> it, it made me love rosé because the south of France is known for their rosé. OK. And so it made me just. Mm. rosé all day yeah that stupid saying but so uh, were you you were in like a um what part where what part of france were you i was five minutes from the beach i would yeah i was in nice france which is dans le sud it's in the south and it's really close it's like maybe an hour and a half from italy or like an hour okay it's like an hour and a half bus ride maybe half an hour long train ride to from Italy to Italy. That's yeah. that's yeah. the thing about Europe that blows blows my mind is like <laughs> Italy's like Wisconsin to us. Oh yeah. It's like Oh yeah. And you <laughs> you cross the border just feeling like it's another state. Right. Imagine crossing into Wisconsin and the the language that the train is in switches. Your cell phone cuts out because it's a different country wow. and your cell phone service doesn't work anymore, which I screwed myself over countless times (laughs) because my cell phone only worked in France and I was so stupid for getting a cell phone that only worked in France because I traveled a lot but yeah imagine going to Wisconsin and then like not being able to understand anything wow (laughs) and that's just completely different just like yeah like culture yes I mean like it still looks the same basically but the cool thing is like if you take a train from Nice to say Milan because I took a train from Nice to Milan a couple of times you will pass through the Alps and it'll be snowing and then 20 minutes later you come out of a tunnel and there's palm trees wow 20 minutes later and that's going to that's Milan go- that's th- on the yeah. way to Milan like if you're going from Nice to Milan it'll go palm trees then snow but if you're coming back it'll go snow then palm trees and it's only a four-hour train ride it's yeah it's just crazy Milan? i feel like i step off the train in milan and i'm automatically underdressed <laughs> yeah it's well it's very industrial it's not like it's a cool like fashionable city for sure um but it's not i don't know if it's my favorite italian city because it's just super well i went in the winter so it was like obviously like you know like drab because winter is drab. What but was the temp? Was it cold? It was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it got down to like probably twenty. Oh wow. Yeah, because it's it's in northern it's in northern Italy and it's not surrounded like there's not even 
there's not even like really like a big river that the city is situated around there's no there's no beachy anything it's just like a m- inland middle of the country industrial gotcha. city oh, okay still really cool though wow but oh yeah nice is in the south of france yeah <laughs> we'll keep jumping back to nice. yeah yeah and it's amazing i lived Nice is a really good place for a while. There's not like if you're trying to go and you're like trying to experience like a huge nightlife and like go to clubs and like have that European experience. Nice is not the place. Okay. There like most of the nightlife there is bars. Um, and then there's like one big club that is just like I've never been to Prism in Chicago, but like I would <laughs> I would maybe compare it. Have you been to Prism? Okay. Well, have you? No desire. For have sense. you? No, I have not. Okay. Well, I would probably compare it to that. It's like a big club, like kind of like basic-ish music. Sure. Go-go dancers. Very extra. Drinks are 12 fucking yeah. euros. It's just like one of those like, you know. Yeah. One of those. Bottle service and stuff. Go be extra there. Yeah. yeah. But that's the only option. That's the only club. So like if... So if you're trying to club, that's not no. not the spot. Yeah. But if you're trying to lay on a beautiful, albeit uncomfortable beach, because there, it's made of large rocks. There's no really? sand. It's just large rocks. No sand at all. No sand. Just large rocks. But if you're trying to lay there. <laughs> you want to like lay on some rocks. It Yeah. But wow. I lived in the old town. My apartment was built in like 1750. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was dusty well, as hell. Unless but. you're, you know it's breaking down no 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 it really it really wasn't it was built like sturdy way sturdier than my current apartments have been built (laughs) yeah yeah um in the middle of the old town um which is like obviously the oldest part of town that's like kind of that medieval slash like 16th like 17th 18th century architecture and i was five minutes from the beach and on the beach you can hang out there at night and you can drink wine into the wee hours of the morn Love you can have that. a party on the beach people were doing like drugs and like you, they really were, yeah people were like smoking so many spliffs and like not once were we ever bothered so the not like, once yeah it's just like oh they're being humans yes like, yeah, yeah yeah you're basically allowed to be a human which is nice yeah, isn't that a good sentiment that sounds nice yeah um, um but you speak french right yes or, mostly are you fluent I I can have like a pretty decent conversation. I'm not it'll sound it's like broken. Like it'll sound like broken French. Okay. But I took 8 years of French and I love the language and I care a lot about it. So I know a decent amount. It's just not perfect. What what is the I've always wanted to learn another language yeah. again, just never have taken the first steps. Yeah. How like obviously you went to school, but if you were to tell me how to start learning another language what's the best way to go about doing it find a language you're passionate about find a culture that you like like some people are super into japanese culture or like right now my sister is obsessed with k-pop and because of that she's learning korean um you have to find like you're not gonna if you don't care about latino culture and you don't care about spain you're not going to learn Spanish because you're not going to be interested in it. And like, if I didn't like France and if I didn't love the language, I probably would not have progressed as far in French as I did. Sure. You have to. And that's why I still like, I try to learn Spanish so many times 
and I it, I don't though I like plan on learning it at some point in my life I don't connect with it as much sure. you have to find a language you connect with that's the first okay. step wow. and that makes it so much easier yeah I can imagine I've like downloaded like Duolingo before yeah. and I'm like oh, I'm gonna learn Italian yeah, yeah. and yeah. Two weeks later, I'm like, oh, this is taking up space on my home screen. Watching YouTube videos, watching TV shows, oh, super duper okay. helpful. Like Duolingo, I use it too, and it's a great starting point, but like you need to hear how people talk. And then my second biggest uh, advice is find people and talk to them. Like though I said, yeah. I'm not, and it, like you don't even have to know any of the language. Like though I said, I'm not, I haven't really learned Spanish. I never even took it in school, really. I worked at a restaurant over the summer, and a lot of the employees there spoke Spanish. And since I love learning languages, I was like, every single shift, I learned something new. And, like, whatever I did learn, even though it was just, like, even though it was just, like, yo intento aprender espanol, I want to learn Spanish. Even if it was just one sentence, I would try to use it and talk to them. Sure. And most people will be willing to talk to you and like help you out. Yeah. I'm like, I've, I'm like afraid to use what I know just cause I like, I don't know. I feel like it's going to offend someone for yeah, some reason. Yeah. I don't know why I think that. I think you just have to like make your intentions clear. Like I want to learn this language. Like, could you just like help me a yeah. little bit teach, like point to something. What is this? What is that? And sure. most people, if they know that you like genuinely care and like want to learn the language, because um, a lot of people d- aren't willing to put in that effort, sure. they will show you that effort right back. Right. Is what I've learned. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, if someone asked me like what certain things were in English, I'd be like, oh, that's yeah. a computer. That's a book. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, it's not not tough to teach someone a language. No, it really know, right? isn't. That's very cool. Yeah. And I think that, I don't know, I love... Like we talked about creativity a lot, but language feels creative to me because you have to form those different pathways in your brain. You have to think in a creative way because if I can't say something in a more complicated way, I have to like find another way to say it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And so, and it just gives you such an appreciation for everyone who has ever learned a second language. Like even people who speak... English with like tons of mistakes dude yeah that is so hard and they are doing so well sure because my French sounds terrible with tons of mistakes but like I've put in eight years and I'm like really trying and it just gives you such an appreciation for anyone who knows even one and a half languages right you know I've heard in the past that English is like one of the hardest can you speak on that at all is it well I'm actually taking a history of the English language class oh, right wow. now. Yeah. That's very interesting, actually. I, well, what is the history of the English language? Well, I already knew some of it. Um, English is like it's an amalgamation of a whole bunch of different languages because that's just kind of how it formed. And I think going back to the lingua franca point, um, how I said it's like the uniting language. Sure. I think that's why it's the cur- I mean, like, obviously, imperialism and like. English was spread a lot of places but I think that because it's an amalgamation of so many languages that kind of aids in it being the international lingua franca because the lingua franca lingua franca (laughs) it used to be it used to be French like before the 1920s the international language that like 
international people communicated in sure. was French. Sure. And then throughout like the world wars, it like switched over to English. Gotcha. But the English language is 33% French, 33, like our vocabularies, 33% French, like 33% Latin. And then like these, these fractions don't end up, but, <laughs> and sure. then it's like, and then it's like 12 ish percent Greek. And then the rest is like German derived words. Okay. And, um, yeah, the history is basically like us and German had a similar ancestor and we broke oh, off okay. and like English used to sound like der Kinder Gyna like it, it yeah it didn't sound sure. like, it didn't sound like, any like sims yeah yeah it <laughs> sounded like completely unintelligible even in old English and then in like the 11th the 11th the 1100s a French ruler came and ruled over England for centuries and that's how all the French got infused into English wow. yeah and that's why I'm so interested in the history of English because I know there's a lot of French in it and I love French and I just love learning like how languages develop sure. and how we continue to develop them um it's cool wow it's like it's hard but it's cool because I have to learn a lot of old English grammar and middle English grammar which okay. I'm just not about right the history though is fascinating yeah that is very cool yeah um I just had a question for you, and now I forgot it. Um, oh, yeah. Um, I feel like podcast tunnel vision right now. Like, I just was like, I we know. were talking so intensely, and then I was like, oh, my God, the world around yeah. me exists You can still. look away every yeah. once in a while. Um, oh, my God. Um, anyway. French, Old English. Oh, wh oh what's the phrase? Oh yes. Okay. So pre-podcast, I asked. I told Morgan that I have a phrase that I believe to be a French phrase, <laughs> but I said I'm probably going to embarrass myself because I asked my sister at one point who was taking French in high school, and she said it totally wasn't a phrase. Sacre bleu. Sacre bleu. Is it? Is yeah. Am I, yeah. What is that? What is that? Well, it. I, I obviously did it, a bad job of pronouncing it. It, it is a exclamation, you know, like, like oh my gosh, kind yes, of thing. That's exactly. How I, it it directly translates into sacred blue, which I'm sure you could like find the etymology of that somewhere. Like sure. I don't know where that came from. They also say like oh la vache, which means oh the cow, which is kind of like really? our holy cow. Oh okay. So okay. sacre bleu is like sacred blue, and it's just like. Holy, oh my gosh, sure. holy shit. Okay, I knew I heard it's it It's not an expletive, but it's kind of like, maybe little kids wouldn't say it. Sure. Maybe you I, start saying it when you're in like middle school. Okay, okay. Like, oh crap. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, that was like the one thing I was like, yeah, I know French. Sacre bleu. And yeah, sacre then, bleu. Then people roll their eyes at me. No, that is yeah, French. Right. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> you were right this I'm gonna whole time. I'm going to keep using that. Now. Yeah. Good. So you, where is, like you said, your family's from Eastern Europe, yeah. you said? Do where, where about? Well, like, do you have any French in your family or was that kind of no. just interest based? That was just like, I was, that was just an interest. Yeah. Um, so my last name is Jambrovich and that's from Croatia. My mom always gets mad because since I have my dad's last name, she's like, you never acknowledge that. You're, <laughs> like, you have tons of German heritage from sure. me. Basically, my mom is 
Irish and English and that's where I get like my my like tendency to burn in the sun and then um I'm feeling German that currently. yeah so. it's like my mom is like the typical Chicago white yeah <laughs> and then my dad his great grandma came over from the old country when she was 17 she was Croatian and so my dad on his dad's side was Croatian d- back like two generations like came off the boat okay, okay um and then my grandma on my dad's mom was slovakian wow but i think she al- she also had some mongolian in her because the mongols invaded like eastern europe at the time really yeah well like a long time ago like genghis khan right, time but right. so i'm sure there's a lot of people actually with mongolian in I, them that they just don't know about there's actually an insane statistic and i'm gonna look it up that like oh that he has like so many descendants like a large part of asia has some genghis khan yeah yeah it's crazy he did way too much yeah fucking he just he didn't care at all he was just uh one girl one unconsensual fucking (laughs) something like that one in 200 men are direct descendants of genghis khan yeah come on dude there's a possibility than I am. That is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Why is it just men? <laughs> One in two hundred men. The women don't get. Women, do, uh, women don't get those genes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, guess, I guess not. My um, grandpa did a DNA test, and he's like, however much percent Neanderthal. Really? They tell you that in your like DNA test sometimes. My mom did one of those and it was like the most boring thing ever. I was like, yep, you're, like, you're uh, English and Irish. You're like, this is exactly <laughs> what I expected. Cool. <laughs> yeah, you're still white. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Damn, we can't have some Native American in yeah, there or something? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Give me a little or bit of Or even like, like Italian, please, anything. Yeah, for Anything real. but the British Isles. Oh my God. <laughs> It's and like you said, Chicago is oh my God. all just white Irish yeah. or Italian, especially like. down here because I'm from the west side of Chicago. Okay. Y'all Irish down here. Yes, it's, an, it's it runs deep. Yeah, there's there's a couple of like Eastern European neighborhoods, yeah. like Ukrainian village. Yeah, well, even though that's not. I used to really work at the Polish center in the middle of Jefferson Park, which is like a really Polish neighborhood of Chicago called the Copernicus Center. And did you know that? Chicago has the highest Polish population in the world besides Warsaw, which is the capital of Poland. So even the other Polish cities in Poland have less less Polish people than Chicago. That's ridiculous. There's a lot of Polish like and I feel like where 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 are they all? I have not met that many. There's like I have a bunch of well, not a bunch. I have a couple Polish friends, and they're all closer to the city. Like, yeah. I think, like, Bridgeview yeah. is, like, super Polish. Yeah, so it was Jefferson Park, yes. which is, like, where that was. I knew. I know there's some very, like, Polish neighborhoods. Oh, there's, yeah. like, Polish delis and yeah. all that stuff, which love that. And since I look quite... Oh, my God, this was so stupid. But since I look quite Eastern European, and I worked at the Polish center, uh, do you know how mad they got at me? They were like, what do you mean you don't speak Polish? I was like, uh, oh, what? Oh. Really? Spraszam. Dziękuję. That's like the timey bougie. That's all the Polish I know. What is that? What? Spraszam, I think, is like, you're welcome. Dziękuję is thank you. And then timey bougie means give me a kiss, which nice. lots of old men would say. Uh, <laughs> creepy. Yeah, creepy. Um, 
What did you do at the Polish Museum? Were you just like a it was just ticket the, taker? The having, yeah, having a lot of jobs is not a thing that started in college. In like senior year of high school, I had like five jobs. They weren't, they were all like you can choose your schedule sure. type jobs, but it was one of those. It was like if, if they were having a concert tonight, like could you take tickets or like, Every Labor Day, they have the Taste of Polonia, which is a huge... It's like the Chicago's biggest Polish festival. Oh, okay. And I would usually work that on Labor Day. Oh, nice. Get yelled at by old Polish woman. Yeah, We right. love it. Um, did... Uh, oh, my God. I need a coffee or something because I keep forgetting <laughs> what I'm thinking of. Sorry, but uh, all of mine. No, I'm good. Um... Something. But oh yeah, I know what I was gonna ask you. When uh, when did you when did you get your first job? Like oh. was you did you you said you had like five jobs always? When did that start? Because I got it. My parents like were like, hey, you're gonna have jobs. Yeah, always. See, I like I did it on my own. My parents weren't even like my sister has only ever had like one job because she dances a lot and she doesn't have time to have a job. Okay. And my parents have never really like forced her to have a job. But I like. I wanted a job when I was 13. It's wow. illegal. Um, <laughs> so yeah. the second I turned 15, I got a permit. I got a permit and I applied to a little cafe down the road from my house growing up uh, called the Buzz Cafe. And I was a dishwasher for two years. And wow. that's actually how I saved up to go out of the country for the first time. Because I did my high school. I was kind of lucky to go to like a pretty dope high school and they had a lot of exchange programs and so there was an english exchange where we went there for two weeks and i lived with a host family and then they came here for two weeks and they lived yeah in england yeah so i went to england when i was like 15 or 16 but it's i think 16 but it's because i got that dishwashing job and worked like three nights a week to save up to be able to go to england how was that it was awesome. You that was all over, right? Yeah. <laughs> Only Europe, but yeah. but that's another reason why I chose international business because though I was like it's businessy, I like one of my biggest mm, one of my biggest things has always been like knowing I want to travel a lot and sounds like pr- yeah. someone I know, yeah. Yeah. And prioritizing that in my life, and that's why I chose that major um But yeah, I was a huge like Anglophile. I was obsessed with Sherlock the show and like Harry Potter and all the typical stuff. Sure. And um, so, yeah, it was like an exchange. It was one of the it was the cheapest exchange at the school. It only cost like twenty five hundred dollars. The other exchanges were like upwards of three grand or four grand. Um, Wanted to go on those two. And I actually got into those programs. But then I was I realized I did not have seven thousand dollars to my name. Seven thousand. Well, because I wanted to go on the French one and the Irish one. Um, Yeah. But I. Yeah. But that didn't happen. I had already gone on the English one. So it's okay. Um, The the only one that we were offered in high school was uh, Australian. Ooh. It was like crazy expensive to start off. Yeah. No. Yeah. We had yeah, no, for we sure. had one for like every language basically. We had a Japanese, wow. Chinese. The English wasn't connected to a language. That was just like one that right. worked. We had a French, English, Japanese, German, Chinese, Italian, wow. Spanish. We had a lot. That's so cool. Yeah, I know. I yes. So My high school has 
my high school has some issues but it was it had a lot of opportunity every every high school has plenty of issues yeah. i feel like Ooh, there's some oprft that we could get into but we won't oprft you said Are, like what's the t like oh the, the t, t the but then t, oprf yes. is the school oh okay yeah okay i thought it was a full acronym oh no, like, no no the t yes <laughs> um just look up if you're listening to this look up heather mack that's all i'm gonna say heather mack not to be confused with brendan mack <laughs> um, no you do not want to be confused with her oh of hopefully that means existence. okay good i think Moral. that's a good thing for me yeah that hopefully. is it that, yes okay. yeah you're um, not heather mack are you still making me are you still planning on like is there an album in the works Ooh. or is it just singles or um is it for now it's probably just singles i actually recorded one about quarantine with my friend when i was still back in missouri a couple months ago nice. he went to la to work on an ep which is like claps for him super freaking exciting props. and he just got back so we'll be finishing that up soon i have a whole bunch of songs written not complete songs like i have a whole bunch of snippets of songs written i'm working on one song with my producer friend i'm working with on another song with my other producer friend and covid has kind of like stalled mm -hmm. all of this um so that one song is probably the the soonest and closest thing you'll get to another song from me but that does not mean that there will not be like way way more in the future sure. so you know? so this is a, a continuous yes. effort nice. this is this is plan a like Love to become a musician is plan A. Is that terrifying for you? I think it's kind of exciting. Yes. I love that. Especially since I like, I tried the path of least resistance. I tried the typical nine to five mm -hmm. job type thing and no thanks. Yeah. You know? And like, I'm, I, though I feel old sometimes I'm only 22, but like I compare myself to other artists who are like, 17 18 yeah, and just popping and just popping off yep. um but i'm still really young i have so much time i'm going to try to make this my career and if i don't then i tried and i can never go back and say i didn't try you know absolutely which you are preaching yeah i right know which will mean a lot yeah oh yeah you can relate to that so absolutely much it's doing it, it's so much easier to go through hard shit when you're doing it because you care about when something. you're doing what you love. Like, yeah. It, like, I, and that's why I couldn't do school is because it's like, OK, this is hard and I don't want to do it. And I'm doing it because someone else wants me to. I yeah. Guess. Like yeah. My parents no. will be happy. And I was just like, I, I this yeah. isn't uh, viable long yeah. term. No, like I'm going to explode. Yeah. At one point. I feel you. It's. And I think that sometimes if you just follow that path, if you follow your heart and you do what you love, it turns, it can turn into something and it yeah. does often for people, Absolutely. you know, yeah. it, it also doesn't sometimes obviously, but it also like, if you're putting in this work and you send that, like, I'm a big, I'm big into like energy and like manifesting and stuff. But if you like send that energy out for long enough that like, you are doing what you love. I think that good shit will come back to you. Absolutely. You know? And I, I, I'm like big on like 
whenever I like see something happening in the world, I have a tendency like I, I kind of need to like figure out why. Mm-hmm. So I've been like doing a lot of like research on like why like certain people are looked up to why musicians yeah. make it why podcasters oh, make it that's like one and of my favorite pastimes yeah and it's, <laughs> and it's from what i can tell a lot of it is just people who aren't afraid to fail in yeah. the public eye people like to see that like yeah uh, people like to root for an underdog yeah almost so I, like even if like like me and jake have had the podcast we like weren't uploading every week we mm-hmm. like at the same time like we weren't doing really well yeah but it was like we're still doing it yeah though. like we still care like yeah and i think that's what people really latch on to rather than like oh yeah that was really funny dude yeah like, and people like you guys are with all you do with like mock media mm-hmm. it's so genuine and i think that's what people can really see you know, and I think I think that like when you go back and you find like the genesis of these artists or these podcasters or whatever, I think it's a combination of passion, effort and luck. Talent Absolutely. doesn't talent doesn't even need to be in there. And a lot of people are talented. But like if you have enough passion and you are willing to put the effort in and then like something comes along where you get lucky then you'll become talented at right. what you're doing because you've been doing it so for so right. long. And you, you know, it's almost like you set yourself up for good luck. Exactly. Like you put yourself in a spot. By, like, yeah, that makes sense though. Yeah. At the end of the day, because I've been working my ass off. Exactly. This. And that's what I was saying. Like you, like with the like energy and shit, like if you've been putting this much into it, like I think something will come out of it Absolutely. for you, you know? Amazing. <laughs> so do you have, what are, what are your plugs? So you are, like I said, M-O-R-G-A-N-N-E yeah. on Spotify. Morgan, Morgan. not Morgan. <laughs> yeah, Even though right. people are probably going to say that anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Um, so that's your Spotify. Go and follow. Oh, actually, I'm going to click that follow button right <laughs> now. Go follow her on Spotify. Definitely. Do you have like social media? Do you have? Yeah. Follow me at Morgan Yambro on Instagram. It's spelled the same way. M-O-R-G-A-N-N-E and then Y-A-M-B-R-O. I just ixnade on the vitch on that <laughs> one. And then I think I'm Morgan Yam on TikTok. My last Love TikTok that. actually did kind of well. And it's about my song. Um, trying to use that pl- platform for all it's worth, yeah. you know. I think you're our first TikTok plug. So Woo-hoo! I'm all about that. Yeah, I w- on TikTok. Besides that, I'd, like I said, I don't really use Twitter or anything. Those are my two, my two big ones. Um, Thank you so much. This has been. Oh, no, this is a blast. Yeah. Yes. We will. We'll have to maybe when when you release another another single yeah. or something, you'll you'll have to come. Yeah. Back. But yeah, definitely. this is just the beginning. Y'all. So yes. Just definitely. So you know. Thank you so much for coming on. Cool. This has been an absolute blast. Thank you so, so much for All having right. me. See you guys.
Yeah. 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 yeah.